Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Den Geek Presents Marvel Stand Them Live where each week we give you the deepest possible dives on all the goings on in the MCU, Marvel Comics, and beyond. And maybe for the next few weeks, we should just go ahead and call this show Ms. Marvel Standom, because we're going to be spending a lot of time in Jersey City with the most delightful new hero in the MCU. With me, for all time and always, we have Denny Geek News and Features Editor Kirsten Howard, Denny Geek TV Editor Alec Bajalin, and Denny Geek Audience Development Coordinator, Muzna Shahzad, who works in audience development and social media for Denny Geek, which means she's one of the key reasons we keep the lights on around here. So let's get right into this first delightful episode. Folks, I promise everybody who stuck with us through six torturous episodes of Moon Knight, this is going to be all good vibes for the next hour. Kirsty, why don't you start us off? Tell us what happens in Ms. Marvel episode one. Just a word of warning, folks. If you haven't watched Ms. Marvel yet, we're talking spoilers right from the get-go. Let's do this. Mike, I've got to tell you, I forgot to write that down. So <laughs> for the first time ever, <laughs> I'm going to let you down. I'm so sorry. I didn't write down what happened in the episode. But hopefully everyone watching watched the episode and knows exactly what happened. I mean, fingers crossed. Sorry, guys. All right. Well... So, for anybody who doesn't know how we usually do this, usually Kirsty has an incredible, perfect <laughs> synopsis of the events of the episode. Didn't happen this week. We're all pretty tired, folks. There's a lot going on back at yes. Geek. So, so Kirsty gets a pass, you know, and so <laughs> let's just... <laughs> Get one warning. Let's I'm just, the, let's just for one moment <laughs> pretend as if we're not completely unmoored. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to my script. Uh, <laughs> let's let's start with everybody's general feelings about the episode. Then, and you know what? I'm going to kick this over to Muzz first because this is uh, one of the biggest Ms. Marvel fans I know, and we are lucky to have her here this week. Mazna, take it away. Tell us what you thought of episode one. Honestly, I loved it. Um, and I have to say the bar was very, very low for me because considering all of the representation that Pakistanis get. So it was like, if they show, don't show us as terrorists, that's fine. It exceeded my expectations by, I can't even put it into words. Um, it is a big deal growing up Pakistani and finally getting to see someone that looks like me in the MCU, like the biggest franchise in the world. Like when I started hearing things about, oh, they're going to make Miss Marvel um, and they actually did cast a Pakistani, like Pakistani Canadian. I was like, you know, I it was still like too good to be true in that case. But the episode was beautiful from how everything looked. 
I could literally imagine my childhood, those tiny bits of details that they put into it, like showing um, this sugar coated fennel seeds in one of the scenes. It was like a few seconds and it just like passed by. And I screamed, like looking at my mom and my mom was like, yeah, I see it. Background sound, all of that stuff. And like looking at like furniture that they had in there home from like wall hangings in Arabic and like uh, cushions that probably came from Pakistan because they were literally something I would have in my living room. Um, I was just in one of the scenes, they had this um, box. Um, I think it was milk toffee um, that I used to have as a kid. And I was, I was just delighted looking at like tiny bits of details that they put together to make it as Pakistani as it could be. And hearing Urdu in, on TV, on a, in a MCU TV show, I just, I, it's amazing. I'm, I'm honestly so thrilled and I'm so excited for what they're going to do. Um, and I just, I absolutely love episode one. And folks, let me tell you, do not question Muzna's MCU bona fides either. Like uh, <laughs> viewers of Marvel Standom who have hung out in the Twitch chat know that she has uh, often been dropping uh, little hints about the extent of her, of her MCU fandom for a very, very long time. So as a Ms. Marvel fan, how did you feel this treats the character of Kamala Khan? I will say when I read the comics, I understood that a lot of her power, the way that she, she had weird powers and she thought, you know, like I'm not normal because I don't look like someone like Zoe, for example, or I don't have this, the similar name that, you know, like Zoe or um, uh, Nakia do, for example. And like, I bring pakoras for lunch, you know, all of that stuff that she mentions in comics. And then she also has these weird powers where she, for people who haven't read the comics, she shapeshifts into um, Captain Marvel, for example, because that's what she envisions as a hero should be this white person with blonde hair and like this is what she wants so her accepting all of that like it truly represents okay all of that she has faced and finally coming into her own finally getting what her powers were accepting it like as her and realizing that a superhero doesn't have to look a certain way it has to be someone who's doing saving the world or doing good so i understood all of that but going into the show you see like they've changed her powers and um honestly i would i would not know wh why the reason was but um i do understand it i wasn't like looking at the show i wasn't like um no but i understand the heritage concept but what, what, what i would say is like i don't want them to exoticize it um so i want to see how they handle it but i don't want, it, want them to alienate the community and say you know like this is like a cosmic um alien power that they're getting from this heritage that's been going on and stuff so i i do want them to handle it like they did and probably show a little bits of you know the stuff that she faced in no normal but i'm not disappointed i understand that they couldn't exactly replicate the comics um i'm not disappointed i would have liked to see it but um honestly episode one was 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 great and miss marvel iman vilani is amazing she she is kamala khan she she absolutely is everything about her from her expressions she's probably the most expressive person i know um and everything about her so i'm not disappointed how they envision like kamala khan into the show um different from the comics but still great Kirsty, you wrote a five-star review of the first episode of ms marvel for us and 
I uh, can't really argue with that score. What did you think? Well, I just loved it. I mean, the whole world is just so rich. There's so much to look at. Everything's super energetic. You got those uh, visually, you got those uh, Scott Pilgrim vibes and you had a little bit of the Spider-Man sort of excitement in it. And it just it just felt to me like really fresh. I know we've seen, you know, a teen superhero origin story on TV, you know, a bunch of times, but it's they still managed to do it in a really fresh way. And it felt really engaging and charming. So I, I just couldn't really find any fault with this first episode at all. I just it's all the way through. I was just delighted. And um, I just thought it was, you know, just good stuff. Um, we'd been through some very much mixed bag energy with Moon Knight. It was very divisive. And then Doctor Strange came out and you guys all just loved it. And I hated it. And we just haven't agreed on anything for such a long time. And it was it was really great to have this come come out and just be just really solid and fantastic. So, yeah, I'm, I, 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 yeah I couldn't find fault with it. I thought it was great. Alec, you better have nice things to say, bro. <laughs> I was going to say, what if... <laughs> What if I hated it? No. Like, what if I no. really hated this TV no. show? No, because, because you have a soul, so I know <laughs> you didn't hate it. Like... <laughs> um, well, I didn't hate it. I think it's a great TV show. Um, but to, to kind of, I'm surprised that it works as well as it does, for me at least, because let me, I have to let you behind the curtain. My, my health, uh, like mental healthscape lately, like I've been watching The Boys on Prime Video, which is you know, the most cynical superhero TV show of all time. It loathes superheroes. They're murderers, narcissists, psychopaths, all in this dystopian, capitalist, fascist hellscape. And like for the past week or two, I have hated superheroes right along with them because it's just such a such a richly realized, gross show. So watching Miss Marvel, like it's really, it would be really hard to crack the veal of cynicism currently over me. And to the show's credit, though, it did. I was properly charmed. It's lovely. It's colorful. Um, it's bright. It's optimistic, and not like saccharinely so. It, it comes across it fairly honestly, and I think a lot of that goes to Iman Vellani's just perfect performance. Um, so yeah, good news. I don't hate it. I think it's pretty good. I like it a lot, actually. Yeah, all I can do is echo all of this. This show, this show is a delight. Like this is honestly probably the best episode of Marvel TV, full stop, since WandaVision. I liked Falcon and Winter Soldier more than a lot of other people did. I thought Loki was great, like you know, but this was really. And you know what was cool? It didn't feel super high concept to me. It just felt like a great episode of television. Something that loves its characters, loves you know the concept of superheroes plays in the mcu in ways that we don't usually see happen like i'm always you know alec is always fascinated with bureaucracy right in in the mcu i'm always fascinated with how these characters are seen by regular people in the mcu and this was like the best deep dive we've seen um you know in terms of that and i thought it was handled beautifully like the only thing i can kind of compare it to and they don't have time to nearly get into it enough 
is in it's a dc thing but in shazam when you know freddie freeman like treats superheroes like he's a fan of superheroes the way boys that age or men my age for that matter are fans of like sports figures you know and it's a very but this is a very different very specific kind of fandom that i think is unique to is kamala 15 or she's 16 because she's taking her driver driver's test that i think is like very on like on point for 16 year old girl I love it. It's perfect. Like this is a perfect hour of TV. Many of you know that Spider-Man Homecoming is one of my favorite, like favorite Marvel movies. And part of that is because of how perfect the cast is and how well the jokes land and how they keep that youthful energy going. And this show has that. Like this is what I would want a Spider-Man TV show to be like, you know what I mean? So I couldn't be happier with this. And uh, you know, we've seen episode two but we can't talk about it yet, but I'm happy to say that episode two is just as great. So like next week will be another Good Vibes episode of Marvel Standom. Uh, I just want to acknowledge uh, Aaron in the comments. You are new here. Welcome, welcome to Marvel Standom. However, you said, I will now watch this purely for Muslim's review because I didn't watch it. Great, definitely watch it. Just a word of warning. We are going to talk spoilers in these. Like, what do you have a day job or something? You can't wake up and immediately watch Ms. Marvel, but I don't think there's any major spoilers in the first episode, but I just want to give you a little word of warning before we get into this. Code Monkey, welcome back. Uh, he says, the boys to Ms. Marvel is definitely a brain whiplash that I can understand. Yes, that is, uh, I watched the first episode of the boys season three last week. I'm a little bit behind and talk about a vibe shit, shift between, <laughs> <laughs> between the first episode of that and the first episode of this. So, um, all right, Aaron, you said that's fine. I can handle spoilers. All right, I'm off the hook then. So, Mosna, you got into this a little bit about the nature of Kamala's powers. And, you know, here, instead of being like a shape-shifting inhuman issue uh, like it is in the comics, it comes from some kind of mystical or alien something piece of technology with this really cool bangle that she wears. Um, what is your take on that? Like I said, my I don't want them to exoticize it because a lot of the times the stuff that we wear or things that we do, like for example, we would wear really like um, ex, ex, extravagant outfits for our weddings and people just kind of alienate us through that. Um, I want them to handle it as like they would for a normal hero, like not just kind of alienating her to being Muslim or being Pakistani and finding these powers somewhere. Because if they play this well, I I loved how she was. Also, just reflecting back to the comics, um, the way that I see like her cosmic stuff, it reminds me a lot about how Captain Marvel's actual powers are. Um, and in the comics, when she, um, she, like when she accepts herself, she stops shape-shifting. So, what if like she stops the glowy stuff that she has and she just embiggens and then turns smaller? Like I was just thinking that during like watching the show, um, I don't know if that's what they're playing at, but um, I do want her to like understand and accept herself, like not just be like, because her, her mom wants her to like grow into her, like concentrate on herself and grow into herself. Um, and she she knows something's wrong with that bangle, the way that she snatches it from her. She knows there's something going on here. Um, so I know she wants to protect her and everything. And I want her to understand that she has to hold down what she has and not be consumed by this this power that, that she's she, she's going to have. Um, 
so other than that i find the bangle stuff really cool i just i just the scene where they kind of like show her falling down and she sees like these black shadows um i i'm not sure what those were i do think that they have like something to do with they mentioned like partition scene happening um maybe because i saw sticks and stuff and maybe that was like a scene from that um i think we will see that more but i find the powers really cool yeah i have a theory about this um i mean there's there's a couple of uh there's a couple of possibilities one is that like this is tied to the eternals rather than the inhumans right um the other is that this is like a piece of cosmic tech and the 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 bangle itself reminds me a little bit of before carol danvers was captain marvel you know captain marvel was a, a kree soldier you know with a name marvell right and obviously that was a different character in the mcu um but the early days of those captain marvel comics required that captain marvel to like switch places with somebody like on earth you know what i mean so it was it was like you know rick jones who was like the hulk sidekick who's like a weird character but like whatever anyway he had these things they were called nega bands and they kind of looked like that and he would like he would like clamp those together and switch places with with captain marvel who was like in the negative zone i think so when Kamala falls there and we see those weird shadowy things, I wonder if that is a representation of the negative zone, but I'm not confident enough to really go for it that way. I Because they were holding sticks. So in my head, it was like, maybe it's a partition scene that they're going to hint at, but yeah. The, uh, based on nothing, just the vibes I got, I was thinking like some sort of ancestral realm, like akin to like uh, Wakanda's universe, um, but I don't know. I just like it. Maybe I was thinking of like the fact that she got that from a family member and like it brought her back to her ancestors. You know, you mentioned earlier in the episode, Muzna, about, um, you know, the representation of like the family dynamics as well. And um, I don't know if it's okay to say this, but like you, you know, you, you told us before the show as well that you watched this with your parents. So <laughs> um, how did that go over? Um, I did. Um, I So I had told them that uh, Miss Marvel is coming up and I was super excited and I was going to watch it early morning. Um, and they saw everything. And um, when Kamala's parents and her have this like these clashes in between them where they don't allow her to go somewhere, my parents like completely were like, that's not us. And I was like, no, that's exactly you. And um, one of the lines specifically when, when she asked, do you not trust me? And I knew what was coming. I knew exactly what the line was coming. And I told my dad, I was like, he's going to say, we trust you. We just don't trust anyone else. And that's exactly what he said. Um, and honestly, I have grown up hearing that. My my parents were, and, and you see that in a lot of families back home in Pakistan where they kind of want to protect you. Um, in our culture, women are considered to be like the honor of the family. Um, so they want to make sure that they're going to the right path and all of that. So there's a lot of burden of like maintaining your family's name and all of that, which is why like, you know, I kept like referring to them, like they've kind of like changed how they think now. But at that point, like when I was being raised, that's how um that's how it was and I, like seeing that back i was like this is exactly like my childhood um and the hug scene that happens 
Uh, my dad was like, no, we, we never do. We, we've never done that. And I was like, you've embarrassed me in a lot of ways. Probably never turned green, of course. But yes, a lot of ways that has happened. Um, but honestly, like seeing Kamala and her parents, it reminded me of my childhood and how I was with my family. Um, yeah. I found all this stuff charming, but I'm not. You know, again, my my cultural reference points. I mean, I'm uh, you know, I'm not I'm not the guy to determine whether this is you know uh, whether this is correct or not. But I do just appreciate like like the vibe of overprotective parents. And as an Italian, like the moment when Kamala's mother like magically produces like just an infinite amount of food for Bruno to take home to his grandmother, I can relate to that. Like, I feel like this is something that spans, uh, spans cultures. This is something that we have in common. So <laughs> yeah, 100%. Every time my friends come over, they will not leave without food. My mom will get them something packed. And then she like, oh, the spicy stuff is right at the end. She would, of course, make something really spicy for someone who actually appreciates the spice level. So moms are like, yeah, it's, it's a brown family tradition also to make sure everyone eats. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What do we think about the supporting cast? Because I, I mentioned this before when I talked about Spider-Man Homecoming, like these, you know, the, 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 a big part of the strength of this is just how natural all of the kids feel to me. Does that ensemble work as well for everybody else? Oh, yeah. No, the kids are great in this. I think Kamala and it's, it's Bruno, right? Their relationship and their friendship is just so adorable and lovely. There's this one moment in the episode, it's one of my favorite mo- moments in the episode, where um, Kamala's, you know, is telling him her plan and she's just going 100 miles a minute. like, And then she just says to him, are you even listening to me? And he's like, yeah, yeah, keep going. And I was like, that is the kind of you know energy that you want in like a uh, best friend so um i really appreciate that there was a lot of good moments in this episode i also liked when um at AvengerCon, the th- giant mjolnir came down and you thought that like kamala was gonna rescue zoe or and then she just got thwacked with it <laughs> it's just like i was like oh my god it's a- <laughs> Yeah, just an amazing energy between all these kids and even the um, uh, this uh, sort of slightly antagonistic relationship she has with her, I think feels like it could be a really good friendship in the future. Um, It feels like they could be a really tight knit group together. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing these evolve. I I haven't read the comics, so I don't know how it turns out. um, But yeah, I'm I'm excited to find out. With Bruno and Kamala, they're absolutely as sweet as they were in the comics. Probably more, actually, um, looking at it. One thing that I noticed and I was very excited about was when Bruno says, um, when they're talking about, like, she needs to have, like, some uh, something of Pakistani, he actually says Pakistani and not Pakistani, which was, like, a very nice detail. Because if you've been friends with a Pakistani person for that long, you will say it correctly. Um, and no one I know has said like 
Pakistan as Pakistan. I was very delighted by that. I will say one thing with with Zoe though, um, and maybe they kind of bring it up in episode two and episode three. In the comics, she was more. Uh, you saw a lot of statements that she made that kind of reflected on the Islamophobia uh, arc there, where they where she would be like to Nakia, she would comment on her scarf. She mentioned honor killings um in one of her in in one of the terms that she says she talks about uh, if you're being oppressed and all of that so um i do want them to kind of bring it up because i'm scared that they might like keep it hushed because that's like a big part of being muslim in the united states and like facing all of that on a regular basis um so i do want them to like not just like put it under the carpet that it doesn't happen and i want them to reflect on it more because even in the comics that kind of makes her think that she there must must be something wrong with her because people are commenting on her like that so that's i feel like that they should really bring it up more and kind of like even zoe grows in the comics so i feel like she needs that to actually get to the character de- development that she needs yeah i i can definitely i have not read a ton of ms marvel comics i've read you know the entire first series you know like the first like four or five volumes of the trade paperbacks basically and this is this is not like a typical mean girl character you know it's not like it's it this is definitely a character who who grows who means well you know i think the islamophobia that that musna refers to is often like unintentional which doesn't excuse it by any means you know what i mean but i like i kind of feel like that rings true like the things that people kind of say as you know in offhanded ways not realizing how you know how awful they are so i'd be curious to see if if disney plus is willing to to push that at all but if nothing else like we see at least that zoe isn't some you know hair twirling awful you know character you know this is this is a character who kind of you know there's something there she's just not you know like she's just she's not fully matured yet yeah she's she doesn't rise to the level of like 80s bully which is 80s bully is the most sociopathic figure in all of pop culture um yeah we I get that in stranger things season four <laughs> i know yeah <laughs> 11 did nothing wrong <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who just popped into my head when Alex was saying that? Like, I who pops into your head when you think of like '80s psychotic bully, apart from anything Stranger Things? Who's like the Biff. immediate Biff? Biff, really? Yeah. Okay, mine was like James Spader in Pretty in Pink. Ooh, you know that's a good how one. he's just the worst. Like, <laughs> he's insidious. Every... Every like Stephen King has the market cornered on those like the the eighties and seventies like high school bullies. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Zoe be a little bit more <laughs> awful in that sense. Um, <laughs> I uh, you know I, you, we compared this to Spider Man Homecoming, and I feel that's uh, an apt comparison. But I also feel like the the cast of kids in this is not as big like spider-man homecoming has a deep bench of high schoolers like there's like 10 of them um i hope they expand uh, that out a bit in kamala's world but even if they don't i will say i like the adult characters quite a bit as well um with mr wilson aka gabe being maybe my favorite uh introduction into the series thus far um even though what is his job is he the principal or a guidance counselor 
counselor, I think. Yeah. Counselor. I like him. I like Mr. Wilson. We should talk about Kamala's Marvel standum, as it were, which is like so pure and so real and so deep on the show. But also it's interesting that Iman Vellani herself is such a massive fan of the character. Like, you know, I've been finding out more and more about, about her own fandom. So, I mean, this is just like doubly delightful. And we just see so much of it in that opening credit sequence alone. Um, you know, I've, I've never seen anything quite represented this way. How, how does everybody else feel? Yeah, I love that opening sequence with all the animated bits and it uh, really feels um, like reminiscent of some of the things we've seen in, in the Spider-Man movies. But also it just, I don't know, it just really works to bring you up to date with who she is and how she feels about the MCU, which is just like she's putting out her own videos that sum them up and uh, really just so many details there in that opening sequence. Um, the idea that uh, Scott Lang's got a podcast or something where he's telling his tall tales and you're just like, okay, but is Luis on there? Is, is, are they doing it together or is it just Scott? Like, I feel like I need to know more about that. And I really hope they, they put that out as a, you know, Paul Rudd in character doing this uh, somewhere because I feel like uh, they have to follow through on this now. It can't just be out there tantalizing us forever. That would be the most brilliant piece of in-universe marketing the MCU <laughs> could possibly do. Her YouTube channel has like criminally low viewership for like... Yes. <laughs> for the effort that she puts in was it uh sloth baby what's her what's her sloth baby productions yeah um it's it's like a has the quality of like a hollywood level production it's getting like 10 views which is just criminal it's uh we feel her pain here at right. marvel stand-up <laughs> andrew halley our producer who does these incredible animations throughout these episodes and who is like on it with the clips like nobody's business is like i know <laughs> <laughs> anyway <clears throat> sorry um <laughs> you know we, we talked briefly about the differences from the comics and again, I'm not the biggest comics expert, but make sure you check out dennygeek.com slash Marvel because later today we are dropping uh, a massive Easter egg and comics reference guide from Delia Harrington, who is one of the great uh, Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel experts out there. So uh, it would have gone up earlier, but it's a lot of work for me to actually get in the system. That is how comprehensive <laughs> and awesome it is. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Even though there are obvious differences from the comics, we've talked about the difference with Kamala's power set, right? Um, and you know they've they've played around with the you know with the way her origin story plays out in particular her first kind of moment with her powers and as ms marvel is uh you know it comes at AvengerCon, whereas in the comics it just kind of comes at a party on the jersey city waterfront you know and both involve a rescue of zoe but i understand like the the way they did it at AvengerCon is a little flashier it's a little you know it makes a little bit more sense for tv Personally, like again, as somebody who has read these comics and finds them just as delightful as the show, I feel that any changes, like it's it's just kind of 
it would be petty to really complain about about those because it's so true to the spirit of those moments. You know what I mean? Um, uh, Mazna, how do you feel? I will say I understand like every comic fan um, saying that this is not what Miss Marvel was. I understand it because reading the comics, the essence of who she becomes and who she is, is her weird powers. Um, but I still see like the Imbigan stuff and all of that in that. The only thing different here is the inhuman part, um, which Marvel didn't want to touch here. Maybe she turned there. There's a connection they make later on. But um, I wasn't disappointed, but I will say like, I understand, like I fully understand why people think this way. Um, but there are so many bits and pieces that they take from the comics. So the, the line that her Abu says to her brother where he's like eating, but he's reciting like a prayer, that's right out of the comics. Like if you don't stop like praying long enough, you would start to starve to death. That's literally in the comics. So like th these bits and pieces and how she saves Zoe, like she embiggens her hand that was right from the comics because she pulls her out of the water like that. Um, so stuff like that, it's in the comics, The like you said, the spirit of who Kamala is, Iman Vellani is absolutely so delightful in that. Um, it doesn't disappoint me. And I'm really excited to see how they handle it going off like, because this is really completely new to me um, because they've not followed the comics at all. So it is exciting to see how they handle it, how they do it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm optimistic, honestly. Um, as as the the non comic reader here, what what are her comic powers? Because from what I understand, I think just like watching clips of that Avengers video game, it it just like appears to me that she's stretchy, like Mister Fantastic. Is that oh. is that it, or is it more complicated than that? Yeah, she embiggens and then she turns small, but she can also initially shape shift. Um, so she shape shifts into Captain Marvel initially because that's who she envisions about being a hero. Um, when she gets her power, she gets like this dream where Captain Marvel appears to her and asks her um, what, who would she like to be, what she thinks of as a hero. And she says, you, you know, and that's who she turns out to be. Uh, in the future, you see like as, as time comes and she realizes and she accepts herself, she kind of doesn't necessarily have that ability anymore. And she kind of goes into just beginning and turning smaller and stuff like that. She also has a healing factor, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. uh, like that's a big deal in the comics is that she's able to heal very quickly thanks to those, you know, those kind of broad like control over her molecular structure that she has. You know, initially when they showed, you know, when it first started getting out there that they were changing Kamala's powers, you know, like I'm always thinking like, you know, media critic, comic fan slash, um, you know, well, I understand why they're doing, you know, I understand why they're making these changes. You know what I mean? Like, like it'll, it'll look cool on screen. I understand that it's tough to do a stretchy person on screen and make them look good. And then they've got, you know, Mr. Fantastic in the works for, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's a million rational reasons that I can come up with to explain why they've changed her powers to such a degree. But I've seen people who are much bigger Ms. Marvel fans than I am like that we're really pushing back on this and not in a comics purist pedantic way but just in a like look like the, the part of that story part of that journey is like how uncomfortable a 16 year old girl in particularly a, a, a pakistani 16 year old girl in, in a high school of white kids like feels in in her own skin so 
I get it, especially having recently reread those those early Ms. Marvel comics. It is it is really important. So even though like my rational brain and again, as a, you know, as an elderly, you know, white dude, like this doesn't particularly affect my enjoyment of the character at all, but I get it. Like, I kind of understand why some folks are, you know, were a little pit- put off by the, by the size of the changes that they made here. You know, we mentioned Easter eggs before. And again, if we try and get into these Easter eggs, we will be here for three more hours because this has more Easter eggs in it than most full length MCO films. Um, but did anybody have any favorite uh, deep cut MCU Easter eggs or comic book references in this episode? Oh, you know, my favorite was the trust a bro van in the end credits, right? Yes. Just seeing that those guys were just out there. They're, they're still, they keep on trucking, you know, <laughs> they've got through uh, the loss, we assume, of Kingpin um, overseeing their machinations and they're, uh, they just keep going. They're just doing their, um, their small time crimes in their track suits. They're just, uh, just, just love to see it. So, uh <laughs> I'd love to see them make an appearance in this show, maybe at some point. Who knows? Oh my god, that would be that would be so much fun. <laughs> I, li- I like that they they shout out J- Trust of Bro because this show, like uh, thematically and just tonally, kind of reminds me of Hawkeye more than anything. Yeah, this along with the first episode, as far as first episodes go, this and Hawkeye might have the two best first episodes of the whole bunch of this Marvel class. Yeah, I um, agree. I think a lot of people are down on Hawkeye, but I can't understand it. That was one of the best ones uh, for me. So, yeah, I, I hear it. I hear you. Yeah, Hawkeye fans are on the right side of history. We will be vindicated. <laughs> um, if you look like this show is so um, wrapped up within the MCU that a lot of the, the Easter eggs they throw out there are references. It almost feels reductive to call them Easter eggs because like they're so integral to the show's world and the plot. Uh, like, is the fact that AvengerCon is held at Camp Lehigh an Easter egg or just like an integral part of the whole experience? Uh, I, I like stuff like that. I, in addition to my superhero bureaucracy, I also like how um, they kind of cover the fandom angle and how it affects real day, late, uh, day-to-day people. Yeah, all of my favorite stuff comes in those opening credits, I think. But on the other hand, I got to give it up for the people cosplaying as the backup dancers from the Captain America, the first Avenger, Star Spangled Man musical number, because that just displays a level of nerdiness that rivals Kamala's, but like in a very different way. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like these are, these are like, like, you know, probably musical theater kids, you know what I mean? <laughs> like they probably like anybody that likes old, old stuff is okay in my book. So, you know, I figure like the average person in the MCU does not remember Steve Rogers doing a war bonds tune to a jaunty patriotic song during World War Two. That has to be something that like their grandparents made them watch. So like, I got I got to give it up for that. I really do. I just I just appreciate the the depth of dorkiness that you would have to go through to be like, yeah, that's actually going to be my cosplay for AvengerCon. Like every detail is just fantastic. And again, we have no joke like 
almost 3,000 words just on Ms. Marvel Episode 1 Easter eggs coming to dennygeek.com slash Marvel later this afternoon. Make sure you check it out. Uh, I have... Great. I have Chris Longo in the comments uh, roasting me that this is Chikini bait. Hello, Chris. Uh, <laughs> so uh, anybody have any final thoughts before we sign off for the day? Because we are in danger of this episode of Marvel Standom running longer than the first episode of Ms. Marvel. I didn't know that was our ballpark. <laughs> we want every, every single Standom episode to be exactly as long as the episode recovery. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> I like it's a good rule of thumb. Um, I, I have one final piece to say before I'll shut up. Um, Gina, in the in the op- in the first couple of scenes after uh, Kamala fails her driver's test and her parents are driving her, um, and she looks out the window into the city and she imagines Captain Marvel just kind of like floating along, uh, ducking at past obstacles. Uh, did anybody else do that when they were a kid? When they're in the back seat of a car, like imagine there's a little guy, a little buddy running around jumping over stuff. I'm a, I'm a Superman and Spider-Man fan who lives in New York City. Of course I did. <laughs> Lee in the comments. I still do. Yeah, <laughs> I don't but you know what? Lee sometimes so do I. Boys, like, <laughs> sometimes. When you had no phone to look at, you just had to like look outside and pretend there was a video game character running around. I am thrilled as a Pakistani watching this just and I'm and I'm honestly so happy for all of the little girls who are going to grow up seeing themselves in Miss Marvel and Kamal Khan. I get very emotional just like even thinking about it, but they've they've not just taken this superhero, taken Iman Vellani and put her in a mediocre show. This episode was amazing. It was amazing because they paid attention to like tiny, really tiny details. They used Arabic words, Bismillah and all of that in a positive way. And to this day, I am my, my friends and us, we're scared of saying it out loud in public for fear of what people will think. But seeing that represented in that way, I was, I was so happy about it. I can't imagine like growing up because every time I would envision a superhero, I would always think like a white woman or a white man. But now that seeing this on TV, I'm just I'm thrilled. And and this and the songs, I have to, I have to mention the songs. They mentioned Coco Corina, which is a really famous Pakistani song. It played in the background uh, in one of the scenes where she goes with her mother to for errands and stuff. It was amazing seeing that they got Eva B to rap for their um, last credit song. It was it's it's great. I love it. Um, I'm just so excited to see what is going to happen next. Also hoping Fawad Khan is in the show. Um, he said he was, and he's a big superstar in Pakistan. So uh, fingers crossed that he is. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. Musna, you got some fans in the comments here. Jessica says, I'm absolutely psyched to hear more from Musna in the upcoming episodes. And uh, Aaron agrees. You have like increased our engagement uh, in our live broadcast <laughs> by about 4,000%. Uh, you are welcome back here anytime. As, uh, as long as you'll put up with us, we'd love to have you here. Uh, I think that is it for this week's episode of Marvel Standom, folks. Thank you all once again for joining us. Uh, We will be back next week with more from the world of Ms. Marvel and beyond. And yes, we know Thor Love and Thunder is looming too. It is going to be a busy, busy summer here in the world of Marvel Standom. Don't you worry. Make sure you're subscribing to us wherever you're listening right now. Don't forget to check out our web home of denofgeek.com where you can find all our Marvel coverage. Drop us a line. 
Let us know your burning questions and what you want us to cover in upcoming episodes. We are at Marvel Standom on Twitter and Instagram. Give them a follow. I promise I'm going to get these off the ground one of these days. Don't forget, we also have a DC show, and I have a very, very cool, unexpected special guest on the next episode of DC Standom, which is not going live. You're only going to be able to get that wherever you get your podcasts. Now, if you came in late, you'll be able to watch this entire episode on DennyGeek.com or at our YouTube home, Denny Geek US. Don't forget, you can check out past episodes there and also wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you once again, Mazna. Uh, thanks, thanks. you can come back anytime you want. I hope you'll join us again next week. Thanks to Andrew Halley, the best producer in any corner of the multiverse. Thanks to Denny Geek social media coordinator, Lee Parham, for making sure you all behave yourselves. Even though, Lee, I saw your comment about me being middle-aged. Maybe, maybe somebody's gotta make you behave. Anyway, go follow <laughs> our TikTok at Denny Geek TV, where Lee is making great stuff. Special shout out to Michael R for making the podcast version of Marvel Standom all it can be and most of all thank every single one of you for watching listening and most importantly following and subscribing this has been marvel standom on the denny geek network until next time remember folks we stand together <laughs>